Hello, everybody. Very uh, happy to be here. We are in the 11th uh, meeting we have this season. 11 is a master number, so hopefully this will be a masterly event. Uh, I'm here in Palm Spring. There actually happened to be also a Pride weekend. I didn't even uh, uh, recognize that until I saw myself standing in traffic. But anyway, we will address it a little bit just because of the synchronicity. Uh, I just sent an Instagram about it. So some of you guys on Instagram live will can uh, suspect what is my position. But first of all, let's start with um, what we have coming up this week. And um, let's check to see if anything nice is happening for a change. We are still in the season of Scorpio and definitely the season of Scorpio is just as terrifying to us as it is to the trees that suddenly find themselves standing there naked, you know, without their beautiful green coat that uh, remarkably moved into orange and red and the trees were, oh my God, this looks really great. And then, oops, they lost it. My keys, sorry. And um, they're standing naked there for a while. So we are also kind of exposed during Scorpio. So the whole idea is that the same way that the trees shed their leaves in the Northern Hemisphere during the time of Scorpio. Mm. Scorpio. Scorpio is here, I guess. Oh, no, my heart is here. It's on the opposite side of my heart. What is on my heart? Leo, of course. Yeah, Leo is the heart. It fits on the heart. That's actually pretty good. Anyway, we are now in uh, Scorpio. And on the end of the month, we're going to move into uh, Sagittarius. But during Scorpio, what happened is that we are mimicking nature. No, it's not true. We're not mimicking nature. We are nature. We basically sometimes have to remind ourselves that we are part of evolution, part of nature just as much as everything else. It's not like we, uh, you know, before, because we have become uh, the top of the food chain, because we are feeling that we're separated for or feel that we're separated from nature doesn't necessarily mean that it is so. Uh, we are I think we talked about it quite a lot here. We are the mouthpiece of Mother Nature eh, or Earth in many ways. And some of us are talking bad, you know, like any mouth. And sometimes we have bad mouths, sometimes we have good mouths. But the idea is that we speak in the name of the Earth or the Earth speaks through us. So during Scorpio, as the trees shed, so do we. And we are now experiencing a period during Scorpio, whether we like it or not, that we are going through some kind of therapy, in a sense, uh, some form of uh, a revelation, you know, or exposure. That's why Scorpio is ruled by Pluto, the lord of the underworld. So what is happening in Scorpio? It, we are experiencing some kind of death or we are having a hike or a talk with the lady death that allows us to get rid of things that we don't know. But again, during the period of Scorpio, we will always experience quite a lot of death and dying because uh, Scorpio is, of course, ruled by the card, the tarot card, death. And death always represents a form of transformation. So definitely Scorpio is the, the, the depth of the transformation. And the reason why I'm talking about it so much today is because today and this week in general, the sun is sailing through the middle of Scorpio. It's pure Scorpio. It's Scorpio to the right, Scorpio to the left, Scorpio above, Scorpio below, Scorpio in front, Scorpio behind. So we are now in the dark cave of the witch 
and the warlock and we are being asked what do you want and what is preventing you from making it happen that's one of the reasons why uh, the lord shiva the remover of obstacles is associated with scorpio and that's why he is the lord of death but he's not really death it is the death or whatever prevents you from life that is what the real definition of shiva and by the way shiva hence scorpio is the oldest continuously worshipped deity on the planet so respect uh, to scorpio today is a little bit intense just because the moon is in leo and the sun is in scorpio so today november 5th November, November, the 5th of November, remember? So we have to remember the 5th of November. Anyway, the idea is that there is a square between the moon and the sun. When the sun and the moon are squaring, our inner yin and yang, masculine, feminine, animus and anima are having a, a tough time. They're basically arguing. Both of them are very stubborn. So we have the moon in Leo, which is a fixed fire sign we have the sun in scorpio mars in scorpio mercury in scorpio fixed water sign and they're so fixated that they can't hear anybody so they're not hearing not hearing not hearing and we're talking about the lion not hearing and the serpent not hearing hearing it's definitely not a very easy period but and that's a big but um the alchemists tell us that if the lion and the eagle which is scorpio can drink from the same chalice. If you look at the tarot card, you will see it happening in the card lovers and the card temperance, especially in the Toth deck. You will see a lion and an eagle drinking from the same cus, from the same chalice or the same cup. If they are both able to do it at the same time peacefully, then gold is created. So according to alchemist, when you put the archetype of Scorpio, death, transformation, uh, intimacy, sexuality with Leo, funny enough, the heart, love, spirituality, you get gold. So when you connect your heart to your sexual organ, you create gold. And gold is, by the way, associated with, it's the medal of Leo. So the moon in Leo, Scorpio, yes, there is a square. Yes, there is a lack of satisfaction and everybody's chanting that or kind of humming the song. I can get no satisfaction. But at the same time, if you go beyond that song and wait for the end of it and then just go into the silence, you might find the lion and the eagle drinking together from the same cast cup and that means that we can create gold so even though there is difficulties during those difficult times that's when we create gold and that made me think a lot about what's going on these days of course in the middle east we have basically three main con conflicts going on in the world one of them of course is in ukraine in russia the one the one is between gaza and israel and the other one of course is this more dormant one which is not that dormant for some people which is taiwan and china so these are the three most the triangle of pain you can say and remember we talked quite a lot here that uh, both the, in the chart of palestine and the chart of israel both of them are tauruses therefore the sun is now in i mean they were born when the sun was in taurus in may which makes them very stubborn very much about earth fixed earth signs so if you think about it uh, but it's interesting that Uranus is in Taurus and Uranus, like I told you, is the wild card. It's the joker. It's the fool in the tarot card. And it's now moving on the sun of Israel all the way up until May next year, on the sun of Palestine the same time. So all of 2023 and 24 are marked by that Uranus, the ruler of Aquarius, the age we're moving into on top of the sun of the sun of Israel and Palestine. And what is that joker? 
So for a while, I've been telling you guys here and in my circles of, of in the classes and friends, I've been talking since the beginning of September, since the, um, Rosh Hashanah, I was telling them there is a wild card, there is a wild card, there is a wild card, there is the Joker. Somebody's playing poker, but they, they put the Joker inside. There is some unexpected thing that's going to happen and going to shuffle everything very, very soon. And indeed, that was the, I think, attack on October 7th, what they call uh, the Black uh, Shabbat or the, the, the Dark Sabbath, you could say. Black Sabbath, I think there was a band like that. But anyway, what is... Um, interesting is to note in that attack and everything that follows after how much it is the wild card what is the wild card the wild card is the joker in the tarot card that means that the joker can be any one of the, or the fool that can be any one of the cards whether it's the empress where it's the three of spade three of, of cups whether it is uh, uh, the queen of uh, hearts you know, the same thing with the Joker in the playing card. That's why they don't allow into important games like the poker because it can shuffle everything and it's not, a, it's almost like a, a, a mutation in a sense, energetic mutation. So what we have now is as if God is pulling out uh, the Joker. And that is one of the reasons why now uh, Hezbollah, in the, in, if you remember the, the, um, the speech that was going on in Friday that he was saying, oh, no, no, it's a Palestinian affair. We didn't even know about it. I actually believe that he didn't completely know about it. Maybe he knew a little parts of it, but not completely. So the Hezbollah was not aware. Iran was shocked. I think that uh, a lot of the Gazans was also shocked. In fact, there's a lot of fractions within Hamas that didn't even know about it. Uh, Israel definitely didn't know about it. And then I think what happened is that Hamas was surprised by the reaction of Israel. And even uh, the world itself was surprised by everything that was going on. It's almost as if everybody involved in this project or this uh, catastrophe, you can say, or this unfortunate event were unaware of what's going on. That's precisely the wild card. The wild card is basically a twist. The same way that you have in your favorite story or your favorite TV show or your favorite movie is suddenly that something that you catch yourself saying, oh my God, I didn't suspect that. You know, it's not like in these TV shows that the butler did it and you know from the beginning or you suspect or you suspect someone and then there's somebody else. This is a complete twist of event. Now, because of that, and maybe it's because Sagittarius is in my house of career and I'm kind of optimistic about the future. Because of that, I think that there might be an unpredictable future that could be also positive because unpredictability doesn't necessarily only mean bad. Right now, we so far experienced only the bad, all the deaths that happened on, on, the, on October 7th, the close to 10,000 10, um, Palestinians that are already dead. There is something so far unpredictable, but negative. I think and I hope and I, and I kind of see that there could also be something unexpected, positive coming out of all of this. This is yet to come and it might take some time. I told you until May next year, Uranus is still playing the Joker, the fool, the unexpected and the twist changes. So again, we're starting this week with lack of satisfaction, but not really because today is Sunday. It's kind of a day off. Tomorrow, the moon is still going to be in Leo, but it's not going to be affecting so much the sun in Scorpio and affecting also Mars. So today there is a feeling of a little bit too much aggression. So just be a little bit more aware of it. But the interesting thing that's happening tomorrow is that we're getting a conjunction of the moon and the black moon. Now remember in Hamas's chart, the moon is on top of the black moon. The moon is in Leo on top of the black moon in Leo. Now the moon shifted into Virgo. We said that up until a few months ago, Hamas was going through a black moon return. 
It happens every nine years. We trace the last time to 2014 when there was the other Gaza war uh, to 2005 before that, which was also the time where Israel uh, disengaged from Gaza. So you see that there is a pattern there. So tomorrow is the, uh, you can say, again, the same formation that Hamas has in his chart. So it's going to be very important to look at the news tomorrow, especially in the context of Hamas. And of course, certain things might be happening that we're not even aware of, but I can tell you right now, something pretty significant is happening tomorrow. So tomorrow we still have that moon squaring Mercury. So watch what you're saying, watch what you're uh, texting, posting, and so forth, because the moon squaring mercury is kind of a disconnect between eq and iq so you might be very intelligent but kind of stupid emotionally tomorrow or you might be very intelligent emotionally but kind of stupid in general tomorrow so just be aware that there is a little bit of um, disassociation between logic and your emotions your feelings uh, venus is passing the retro the opposition to neptune so that should be easier on your relationship easier uh, with everything that has to do with deception and illusion and as you know from my um, maybe my text or my videos Mer uh, saturn is now going direct it was retrograding for four and a half months since the middle of june then it went to stationary friday saturday if you felt a little bit off totally makes sense Today, uh, tomorrow, sorry, yesterday, no, no, today and tomorrow, uh, it's the Mer it's Saturn now is going to be for many months going direct. It means that everything that has to do with discipline, persistence, endurance uh, will work much better for you. If you did feel like you're slacking and not feeling like you want to sit down and do the things you're supposed to, actually now with Saturn going direct and with Mercury direct, there is no um, any kind of uh, retrograde luring any, and lurking anytime soon. Maybe you can have to pay attention in the middle of December when we have the next Mercury retrograde. But right now, this November, whatever, left of November is a great time to achieve things, to push things forward, especially because Saturn is going direct. And because Saturn is zero, zero degrees Pisces right now, it is an interesting time because zero zero Pisces is the pure force of Pisces. Remember, we talked about how zero zero degrees of any sign, if you have it in your chart or your rising sign, it's very significant. Not only on your on the border between two signs, you're kind of a liminal place, but more than that, you are tasting the Bach essence or the Bach flower, the homopathic essence of the sign. You know how they tell you that the more you can dilute this essence in the, uh, in the homopathy, the more powerful it is, the smaller, the more, less is more in a sense. The same thing when the zero, zero degrees happens in astrology. Zero, zero means nothing, nothing, like small, small, small amount of Pisces. Yeah, but it's inside of the water. You drink it, you get, wow, you get the big expression of that Piscean energy if it's zero, zero Pisces. And Saturn being on zero, zero degrees Pisces, you know, it happens three times now because it went back and forth. But next time it's going to happen is going to be in uh, 30 years. So it's kind of significant. And, and Pisces is faith, religion. Um, some, it talks about imagination, photography, yoga, dance, movement, meditation, poetry. You're going to start feeling yourself being very poetic, saying things that are really beautiful. Oh my God, where it came from? It came from Saturn in Pisces. You know, it might not be necessarily that you suddenly became a poet. The other thing that's happening um, on uh, Monday, 
tomorrow we still have that cluster that's going to be there for the next few days this whole week basically of sun mars and mercury all being in scorpio and when are we going to have the moon in scorpio which is going to be around november 13 are we going to have it this week no it's going to be next week that's also going to be pretty significant because the new moon in scorpio is pretty intense it's the moon fallen on top of the sun in scorpio we are all going into the underworld so you have a choice in uh, when you get to october 13 fall in love or fall because the moon is fallen and anyway, it's going to be very intimate. So leading up to November 13, November 13 is the peak of that. It's a very powerful period of sexuality, intimacy, transformation. November 7th, which is um, a Tuesday, uh, we're going to have the moon on top, of, uh, Miner on top of the black moon. So remember, Monday, kind of end of Monday, beginning of um, Tuesday, very tough time emotionally, very tough time with women, with family members, feeling of being misunderstood, uh, negativity projected at you, uh, you feeling yourself a little bit more negative. Just stay away from gossip or from supporting anybody who is against anybody else. It's going to be pretty rough. So if you're on social media, you can definitely expect on Monday and Tuesday some big, big back and forth uh, between people the trolls are coming out uh, the, the digital demons are out it's kind of uh, intense the other sense um, if you stay away from the social media the moon in virgo especially because virgo is still in in um, venus is still in virgo and because we have so much energies right now in earth signs it's actually going to be pretty good to get things done so tuesday and wednesday very good days for work for health for diet for your fixing your routine because the moon is still waning losing light anything that you want to do that can cut away from things cut away from people cut away from attitude disengage ignore let go that's a good time and especially on tuesday and wednesday with things that have to do with your health with your diet with your routine uh, employees the idea is that you have quite a lot of ability to scrub things off you so moon in virgo very good for a cleanse for reorganization again because venus is also in virgo so if you look at all the charts we have moon and vir and venus in virgo pluto in capricorn jupiter in uranus in taurus all of that is earth signs so we have a 50 of the chart in earth which is quite a lot because it's supposed to be only 25 percent. then the rest we have in water the sun mercury uh, mars in scorpio water saturn in Le and, and neptune in pisces water vesta in water so basically the whole chart if you think about it all of the main planet i mean all of the planets are in earth and water and that is kind of significant because it is a time especially monday tuesday if a little bit of Wednesday as well. It's very, very feminine. Feminine means work in your garden, money, your body, connecting to your talents, to your self-worth, nurturing things, growing things, allowing things to develop instead of the fire that wants to sometimes consume. So anything to do with nurturing other people, feeding other people, nursing other people, your you know your let's say image to be inspired on on tuesday and wednesday should be mary poppins or or mother mary or some kind of a mother superior who helps and comes to the rescue or the lady of avalon if you want to go more to the scorpio energy uh, that type of archetype so we're talking about practical mysticism in the service of transformation that's how you can put all of those things together 
The moon in Wednesday continues being in Virgo, but Venus is shifting into Libra. So actually Venus, the goddess of beauty and art and design and colors, is moving into a masculine sign. So that's Venus for you. Venus in Libra, starting in Wednesday, November 8th. For three weeks, she's going to be all about justice. So she's moving over here to Libra, the sign of balance, justice. Venus is the ruler of um, justice and fairness and beauty and design. And she's moving back to her sign. When Venus is moving away from her fallen sign, Virgo, into her uh, ruling sign, Libra, very good news to all of us. And you're going to feel a shift in an attitude, in relationship, in your attitude towards finance, in your attitude towards money. So there's going to be an interesting thing to look into Wednesday because it's a big shift. Now Minerva, the goddess of wisdom and justice, is already in Libra. So having Venus and Minerva, both of them in Libra, is great. The only thing with Libra, and we talked about it, Libra is losing um, its energy, its grip on reality. Why? Because from July this year until January 2025, the South Node is in Libra. We talked last week about how Bibi Netanyahu was born on an eclipse, a solar eclipse of the South Node and how he has the sun and the moon in Libra. That's what made him such a brilliant diplomat. But his South Node is in Libra. That's what makes him such a brilliant liar and a nasty person. So you have the double Libra that allows you to be very diplomatic, uh, very charming, great, but it's an eclipse and the south node is in Libra, which means that he's unable to genuinely tap into that Libra energy of balance and peace. So he might say peace, but not mean it. He might want to balance people, but he really separates people. So what he does, he uses that Libra ability of identifying the opposites to break them apart instead of weighing them and bringing them together. He is an un-Libra Libra because his south node is in Libra. And now again, we are all becoming un-Libra. And that is one of the reasons why I see it over even in my reactions to things that I post. I see it with even my friends uh, that it's impossible to keep, and we talked about it last week, pain of the Palestinians in Gaza and the pain of the people in Israel that suffered the atrocities how can we keep them both in our heart? Is there a way to feel for both sides at the same time? Normally, yes, we have the capacity for compassion. We're made 70% of water. The earth is covered mainly with water. Water is compassion. But when the South Node is in Libra, it makes it very, very difficult to see the other side. And, no, and the other side doesn't want to see the other side. So we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, after. So again, that idea of, um, of Wednesday is that we have a little injection of some positivity towards Libra, at least for three weeks, with Venus in Libra and Minerva being in Libra. That south node in Libra kind of is the party pooper of the whole situation and it's going to cause us a lot of difficulties for the next year and a half. But the fact that Venus and Minerva are now in Libra, at least for the next few weeks, um, we can, um, we can make it happen, okay? At least in our personal life, maybe, if not politically. Um, besides that, besides that, what we have on, um, a, what is it, Wednesday, we have to wait for the moon to touch Venus. That's going to actually happen on Thursday. So Thursday is a very beautiful day in the sense that the moon is being touched by Venus. Moon is feminine. And here Venus comes to dress her beautifully for the, uh, for the um, uh, ball. 
And the sun is on top of Mars. The sun is masculine and he sits on top of a Mars. So he's ready to wear um, his leather uh, outfit. Okay. So what we have is actually the moon being supported by Venus, the sun being supported by Mars, which is good. It gives your self-expression energy and power, and it gives your emotional energy or your, your feelings more connection to beauty, art, design, and colors. And one of the things that I really think lately about artists and their purpose, especially in these trying time, is that artists are supposed to channel our collective pain. They are supposed to express or give expression to our collective pain. Why? So we can see it again in a more tangible, palpable way. So instead of dealing with my inner pain and I can't handle it, I'm listening to a piece of music that is reflecting of the pain, not the artist's pain necessarily, because if it's a good artist, it's not about himself or herself, but it's about us. And if that artist in the song or in a piece of um, um, art or in a, in, a, in a poem or in a story capture that essence, that pain, that experience, then we feel that sense of catharsis. We feel that sense of identity. We feel that somebody heard us, even if that person never met us. You know? So that, uh, let's say, that archetype of connection to design, colors, beauty, expression of our pain through art is very strong because we're now in Scorpio, which is very deep, and the moon and Venus being in Libra, which is very artistic, can take that depth and put it into expression. And I'm not talking only about you having to be an artist this week, but it, you are an artist. You know, one of the things that we talked here many times is that art in Hebrew has the same root, amen, as faith, emunah. That's why we say at the end of prayer, amen, in Christianity, in Islam, in Judaism. So billions of people are saying amen, 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 amen. They think it just means faith, 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 but it's not. It actually also means or comes from the same root as creativity or art artistry. So... In order for you to really believe, you have to be an artist. In order to be a real good artist, you really have to believe. To believe what? Believe that you are tapping into the collective unconsciousness and channeling the collective pain so we can experience it, process it, and go beyond, whether it's grief or whatever it is. So again, this week, especially from Thursday all the way up, like let's say Friday, Saturday even, you have very artistic time where a lot of justice will be giving a voice. The justice could be also in the news. You'll see a lot of uh, things moving on with justice. God knows there's a lot of justice that needs to be done to quite a lot of our leaders around the world. Maybe something will happen with that. But regardless, the biggest thing is happening uh, Friday and Saturday when the moon is touching Minerva. That's going to be really, really good in the sense that uh, something about just war, something about the ability to create justice or fairness, uh, equality, because we're going to have Venus, the moon, and Minerva, all of them in Libra. But again, the south node is always going to be the breaks uh, of that archetype. Besides that, the sun is coming closer and closer to Mars. That's going to be more guiding us next week. So next week, biggest thing will be the Mars sitting on top of the sun. Uh, sorry, the sun sitting on top of Mars. That is the god of war, uh, the the uh, maybe some of the fog of war is going to be dispersed or dis, uh, disarmed. There's going to be some kind of a issue with war next week. I mean, obviously, there's already a war, but it might flare up much more, again, because the sun is shining the energy of Mars or the atrocities of war. Uh, but next week, also be extra careful with any kind of injuries in general. So if you're preparing anything, just be a little bit more mindful. 
The other thing that is happening on um, Friday is Mercury is moving away from Scorpio and going into Sagittarius, where he's going to be for a long, long time, because once he gets ready to leave from Sagittarius, I think, is he going to retrograde? You know what? Actually, I don't think so. Let me move really fast to see if he gets by. Ah, yeah, yeah. He gets back to Scorpio and then he returns to Sagittarius. So we're going to have Mercury in Sagittarius for three weeks approximately, starting from, uh, when did we say, this Friday, November 10. And Mercury in Sagittarius favors everything that has to do with wisdom, learning, teaching, consultancy, traveling. Um, it's really talking about opening your mind to philosophy, finding your own philosophy, or speaking with the filter of what you really believe in. And that is something very important because a lot of people believe today in certain things or certain things, let's say, create their, their belief or build their belief based on lies and nonsense, which is interesting because astrology always warned us about lies entering philosophy. That's why philosophy is ruled by Sagittarius, the sign of truth, and lies are ruled by the opposite sign of Sagittarius. So it's like, get the lies as far as possible away from my sign. So if this is Sagittarius, which is the sign of truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth and philosophy, astrology gave Gemini all the way to the opposite sign, the furthest possible way. So all the way to the other side, to Gemini, to make sure that lies are not part of philosophy. Um, so again, because Mercury, which is related to communication, is moving into Sagittarius, in the next three weeks, we have to make sure that we're communicating our truth. Now, Mercury doesn't like to be in Sagittarius, and Sagittarius doesn't like Mercury to be in it, because Mercury is the god of liars and thieves. So again, Sagittarius, mass media, Mercury, communication, the god of liars and thieves. In the next three weeks, we're going to have a lot of uh, um, lies coming up in social media, a lot of lies being, let's say, rebuked or, or basically facing the truth. So there's going to be an interesting conversation between lies and truth. So pay attention from Friday for three weeks. That's going to be kind of interesting. And because Venus and, and the goddess of truth and just as the goddess of justice and, and let's say um, balance is in Libra, that also is actually going to help us. On November 11, we have the moon touching Minerva. So on Saturday, I told you there's going to be some uh, revelation about the truth, some revelation about justice, fairness, equality. Even in your personal life, something is going to be balanced. You're going to be feeling somebody's maybe coming back and telling you, I'm sorry, I did this. Actually, I found out what you said was true. There's going to be some feeling of compromise or the ability to come closer to justice, fairness. That's because, again, the moon is going to be on top of Minerva, the goddess of wisdom. And you see that we're moving more and more towards an, a more masculine energy because Mercury is um, moved into a masculine side. Venus is moved into uh, the animus of uh, the Zodiac and um, a Mer Mars is soon to move there as well. That's going to happen more in the next week and the week after. So on Saturday, what we have on uh, Saturday, it's November 11. The moon is going to be on top of Minerva, which again is a very positive thing in that sense because it gives a voice to truth, to philosophy, to wisdom. Besides that, uh, we also have a pretty beautiful um, 
let's say, trine starting to form between Neptune and the Sun, Neptune and Mercury, which is going to be next week even stronger. And that means intuition, and especially intuition that is associated with action, meaning through action. It meaning that you're understanding something about the future. You're having a forward memory of the future based on actions that you're doing. You're just putting these keys here in a place I've never put before, and I'm locking it up, and I don't even know why I put the keys there. Uh, not recognizing that I just got an intuition that if I drive now, I'm going to get into an accident. So I didn't even know why I put it here. And then I forgot it. I put it here. I'm going to the car to drive. I can't find the keys. I get really pissed off. I can't find the key. Me looking for the keys for a while um, is uh, passing the dangerous time. Then I can go out without having the accident. And I'm going to put the keys out just in case I don't forget it. But that's intuition coming from um, action. And a lot of us have it. It's basically an intuitive reflex, you can say. On Sunday, November 12, we are having uh, the beginning of the new moon. The new moon is going to be actually on the 13th, but you can also already see on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday of next week that the moon is moving into Scorpio. The moon doesn't like to be so much in Scorpio. She's fallen there. And like I told you, option of falling in love or falling uh, in a sinkhole. I don't know. So let's see... If there's anything specific um, uh, that I planned. I mean, there's a few things that I wanted to say. There's always things I plan to say. And then I kind of like think, oh, my God, it's too heavy or whatever. Uh, just to remind you guys, if you are in L.A., we are doing the uh, free book signing and uh, talk about 2024 on the 9th. It's going to be Thursday, 530. If you know somebody from L.A., you can definitely send them off. Uh, our way and in November 30th at uh, 10 a.m. it's going to be um, a first one of the 2024 I'm going to have a few of them also on the same day at 6 p.m. I'm going to do a, a class here in Palm Desert so if you know anybody who is in the desert it's going to be November 30th at 6 o'clock in Palm Desert that's gallery I think that's gallery um, that gallery that gallery, that's the name of the gallery where we're going to do it. Uh, and it's also going to be available online. Again, everything is on my website and it's on the chat. So again, I couldn't avoid seeing it, you know, and, and I have to address it simply because if you look at the chart, I'm sorry for you guys of Instagram, I'm just showing now the map of the Middle East. Uh, I come from this little nose here. It's uh, That's why I have a big nose. It's the Haifa uh, little thingy coming out of the peninsula coming out of there. And, you know, uh, there is something we discussed here that there is a little bit of a problem with uh, members or, or younger people right now that are going out there to demonstration. I think there were thousands of people in London, in Berlin. And when I started looking at what their signs are, because I'm very fascinated since the demonstration in Israel started nine months ago against the government, uh, signs are very, very interesting for me because in Israel there were so many funny signs and there was a whole art form developed about anti uh, let's say, government and anti-judicial reform signs, which were so funny, you know, they crack you up. Anyway, I was looking for them. They're not as funny, uh, to be honest, with uh, I think that some of the Gen Z lost their uh, creativity in those, um, in those places. I think partly it's because they're using not their own passion, but other people's uh, agenda. And that's why you see a lot of them are saying that they're pro-Hamas, 
until somebody explains to them, well, you know that if you're pro-Hamas and you're gay, you're going to be either in jail or beheaded. Or, ah, you're a woman and you really are into Hamas and you really believe in them and you want to help them out. Great. Well, if it's a woman in Hamas, you're not going to be able to wear anything that shows uh, or reveals uh, your knees. Uh, you're going to have to wear something on your head. You're going to have to walk with somebody to your work. You're not going to be able to drive on your own. You're going to have to have a, a guy there with you. But if you're okay with that, you know, then definitely go for it. Oh, by the way, in Hamas charter, there is something called Dar al-Haram and Dar al-Islam. That's something very ancient in Islam. That's why moderate Islam don't even talk about it and don't need to talk about it because it's, it's like passé, you know. Um, it basically divides the world into the people of uh, Islam and not only the people of Islam, the people that belong to my specific Islam because there's Sunni, there's Jews, there's Sunni, there's Bedouins, there's Shiites, you know, it's getting complicated. And if you're Christian or Jew, a Buddhist, a, a Hindu or a, an atheist, well, you're Dar al-Haram. Dar al-Haram means that sooner or later we'll have to kill you because the world will have to be only Christian. By the way, it's very similar to um, evangelists. Uh, by the way, if you think about their way of thinking, according to their mythology and their stories, when Jesus comes the second time, all the evangelists that belong to the right congregation, by the way, uh, will shift upward. You're going to float upward while all of us, atheists, Jews, Christians, Hindus, Muslims, whatever is in between, are going to fight each other, kill each other. And then you guys are going to dire- you're going to fall down uh, from the skies, not fall, like land very softly. And you're going to take over and Jesus is going to be the ruler of the planet. I don't know why we wanted to, but that's their story. So again, of course, uh, there is craziness, but the fact that these young people who are very liberal, who are pro-gay and poor women rights are supporting Hamas is unacceptable. It's, it's just stupidity. It's just that they don't know what they're doing. And that's why their signs are very boring. Um, if they want to support Palestinians, I will be there in the demonstration for them because I definitely believe that what's happening in Gaza is unacceptable and that, that there needs to be a two-state solution. We've been talking about it here so long for so many times. But anyway, some of these guys have in their signs, from the river to the sea, we will we'll liberate Palestine, freedom of Palestine. And when you talk to these kids and ask them, what does it mean from the river of the sea? Which river are you talking about? You're talking about Mississippi and the Pacific Ocean. You know, you're just saying river. Do you know which river it is? If it is the Gaza River to the sea, it makes sense. You're talking about liberating only Gaza, not the West Bank. But if you want to really liberate from the river, you have to look at the map of Israel to understand that this is the river of Jordan that goes from uh, the Hula Valley all the way up to the Dead Sea. And it's dying at the Dead Sea because it's the lowest place in the world, by the way. That's why you can take um, as much sun as you want. The UV doesn't reach there. So you can just be naked there and take the sun in 42 degrees Celsius, 115 degrees Fahrenheit, and you can be happy and you will not get cancer. Mm, That's a great thing about uh, the Dead Sea. But if you think about wanting to liberate Palestine from the sea, from the river to the sea, unless you mean from the river of Jordan all the way to the Pacific Ocean, which means basically all of Asia, you're talking about the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, which happens to be where about, what, 7 million, uh, 6 million Jews are living. So this is another uh, period of um, dismantling. Uh, and not to mention that the Arab Israelis, that are 2 million approximately out of the 8 million that live in Israel, do not want to be under Hamas or any Palestinian rule. I mean, that's have already been many polls that were uh, conducted. So 
basically chanting from the river to the sea is basically an aspiration to kill all the Jews and the Christians that are in between the Jordan River and the sea. And of course, all the Jews, because the Jews are serving in the Israeli army and they're Muslim. So you'll have to kill them as well. The Baha'i, of course, that the Muslims never liked so much anyway. And uh, the unbelievers, of course, from any kind of faith. In the end, you're talking about basically a genocide. So you're demonstrating against genocide by showing signs of pro-genocide. This cognitive dissonance is a problem. It's a problem because that's, what, uh, that's why you don't see a lot of creativity in the signs, because they don't know what they're talking about. There is no truth behind their philosophy. So, for example, um, you're talking about idiosity, and there is always a balance in idiosity. So now, if we're talking about the South Node in Libra, what is balanced is not wisdom, it's idiots. You know, because it's a South Node. So we have here in in America, we have Rashida Talib, and uh, she said something about how from the river to the sea is an aspirational call for freedom. Yeah, killing six billion, six million people, and a peaceful coexistence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, not death, destruction, or hate. How could you think so? From the river of the sea to liberate um, uh, Palestine. You know. So imagine. Um, uh, you don't have to imagine. But I told you it's balanced. The fact that we have idiots here in the Congress in America doesn't mean that in Israel we don't have uh, idiots. Actually, we do. We have a very good one, so we can send them to the uh, international competition of stupidity. So the far-right heritage minister, Amichai Eliyahu, in Israel, he's supposed to be a heritage minister. Yeah, we definitely need more heritage in Israel. Uh, he's suspended for suggesting Israel could nuke Gaza. He said on X, on, on Twitter, uh, that any sensible person knew the comments that Israel could use nuclear weapon to Gaza Strip were metaphorical. So after he was suspended, um, he came up, of course, to Twitter because that's where all the garbage is. And he said, no, no, I didn't mean to nuke them specifically. It was a metaphor. I'm poetic. Remember, I told you about be careful from poetry. I'm poetic. And what I meant is not to nuke, nuke, a metaphorical nuking. The same way that um, uh, Rashida, with her profound wisdom, no, 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 it's, it's like uh, genocide of all the people between the river and the sea. It's peaceful, it's coexistent, it's, it's aspirational. So look at these people that we have elected as our leaders. You know, one is saying genocide is aspirational, another one is saying that nuking people is metaphorical. And that's what I meant by the inability to hold things uh, together, you know, which is, again, very, very uh, unfortunate. So we have from the American side a, a people like Rashida Talib that's saying that from the river to the sea we must kill everybody uh, to get peace. And we have far-right idiots from Israel like the minister Amichai Eliyahu to say that nuking people is metaphorical. He didn't really mean to kill them all. Okay, So that just shows how the South Node in Libra can manifest. I told you that's one of the most fascinating things about living, surviving this planet as an astrologer year after year after year, because I didn't take this for granted that I will reach my 55th, uh, what am I? 54th year? Wait. No, wait. How old am I? 50, uh, 55, I think? Something around there. Jeez. Anyway, 
what happened is that every time there is a new addition, uh, I mean, to my age and I get through a new cycle, for example, the South Node in Libra, I guess I was too busy in 2014 doing other things that I didn't notice it so much. Um, sorry, 2005, 2006, last time the South Node was in Libra, I didn't notice it. Now I'm much more aware of it and I can see, okay, this is what the South Node in Libra means, that there is balance of idiots. That's what we could tell uh, in 15 years from now. Another thing that I read this week that I wanted to um, uh, share with you guys is from astronomy. And you know, you have to remember that astronomy and astrology were together up until four or five hundred years ago. In fact, the father of astronomy, Kepler, was an astrologer. Galileo was an astrologer. Newton was an astrologer. And it's not because they were forced to be astrologer. Actually, they were ridiculed for it. But they watched the sky so much. And I think it, they, they, they understood that connection between the above and the below. But one of the things that astronomy, uh, astron what they say uh, in astronomy is that opposition is the best time to observe most of the solar system planets and other celestial bodies. They appear in their largest and brightest state in the sky, find out more about blah, blah. So what is an opposition in astronomy? And I, I read this and I thought, what do you mean in astronomy? It's the same as astrology. So what is the opposition meaning in astrology? You can say that. Astronomical opposition, which is also astrological opposition, means that the planet is located the opposite sign of the Earth from the Sun. So uh, the full moon is a good example. So here we have my head is the Earth. Sorry, I'm, I'm equating my head with the Earth. For now, you'll forgive me. This is one planet. This is the Sun. Anything that is opposite to the Sun, that is this side, is an opposition and that's why it is seen the best and that's the full moon the full moon is the moon is here the sun is here and we're um, in my head so an opposition is a precisely 180 degrees from the sun so any planets that are opposite to another forget about the sun for a second in astronomy uh, sorry in astrology is now we learn from astronomy it's the best way to experience that planet and i've been talking about it for a long long time there's a lot of astrologers that will tell you that opposite signs for example libra and aries uh, we mentioned sagittarius and gemini they're opposite and they're attacking each other they're not compatible i never saw it like that i think that an opposition just like in astronomy is the best way to understand the sign meaning that the only sign that really truly understand aries is libra and the only sign that really understands Libra is Aries. And the only sign that really understands Taurus is Scorpio. And the only sign that really understands Cancer is Capricorn. So on the full moon, on the uh, full moon when you have the moon in its, her glory, is the only time to understand the moon because she's seen the most beautifully. So it's not only because we have telescope and we want to look at it and it looks the most beautiful in opposition. It also expresses itself the most in opposition. If I'm standing here, I can express myself much better. This is an opposition. If I come here, I'm not expressing myself as well. You can't really read my lips if you don't hear. You cannot understand what I'm saying, right? Because this is not an opposition. This is already a certain, um, what is it going to be? 160, 150 degrees. This is 180 degrees. And if I come all the way around to be next to you, it's great. Maybe you can hear me a little bit louder because I'm closer, but you can't even see me and with my accent you probably can't understand half of the stuff i'm saying anyhow so again something we can always learn from astronomy a planet and energy is the best when it's opposite um yeah i wanted to um also talk about this uh, in context of uh, i hear a lot again on instagram in in um, tw in tiktok 
everywhere in social media uh, about all these instances when professors started, uh, we talked about it here, telling people, uh, asking them where is their family from, where is their origin, and dividing them to colonizer and colonize, which is so stupid for a professor who is is educated person who knows the history of humanity to say these things so bluntly. So let's be a little bit more deductive, deductive, deductible, or no, uh, deductive, uh, and talk about facts as much as we can, as much as we know, because again, um, I, I can't say nobody was there because all of us were kind of there at that time. I'm talking about 101.8 million years ago. So let's start 1.8 million years ago. And I can definitely say that humanity is a species of colonizer. We are all colonizers and we are all colonized because we're all colonizer. And not only that, once we have enough power, we'll probably colonize Mars and probably colonize the moon and colonize anything that moves up there. So the whole thing about uh, uh, people being divided to colonized and colonizer is absolute nonsense. And not only that, it gets to the point that remember a few months ago in Uganda, they passed a law against uh, gays and lesbians that if anybody's caught, they're going to be killed. There already been a few cases of people that were arrested there. It's, it's out of control what's going on there. And one of the reasons why they said that they want to do it is because they wanted to get rid of Western influence and colonization philosophies uh, because look at what's happening in the West. They're grooming gays, right? And we don't want to have gays here in Uganda. We don't have any gays in Uganda. And just the colonizers brought it. Now, the crazy thing about it is that if you actually read history, you'll find out that in Africa, homosexuality was common and uninterfered. Nobody had an issue with it. Not at least in the national way or in the uh, or in the tribal way. It was accepted. Same same way that uh, transgenders, when they happened, they were accepted. You know what happened was when the colonization came, and if you think about the history of Western Europe, we didn't have that much of issue with uh, homosexuality until about the time of the sixth, seventeen, eighteen, nineteenth century. That's when the nineteenth century was the peak of hate towards homosexual and lesbian. Think about all the laws that were passed in Western Europe, especially in England. Think about Oscar Wilde and so forth. So that is the time of colonization. That's the ideas and philosophies that colonizers brought with them to the colonies. So you're breaking away in Uganda from a law that Africans, or let's say a state of mind that Africa was before colonialism, in the favor of the ideas of colonism because you don't read history and because you are full of hate. So you see that hate and the lack of understanding of history make, you know, again, people who are supposed to protect us and legislate legisl laws that are supposed to help us turn idiots and stupids. Again, this is part of that um, bankruptcy of knowledge that's going on right now, especially among the ruling class. So literally, there are cases when... Uh, people came back from Africa, for example, to England, and they they talked about how did you have colonized uh, sex? Colonized colon, colonial sex was another word of saying homosexual relationship, because in the colonies in Africa and other places, not in the colony, but in those actual places, sexuality was much more open. If you look, think about. Uh, the past in a lot of places that later on were colonized homosexuality was accepted or tolerated there was no laws against it definitely not jail or not shooting or not stoning and so forth but when they came back they asked them so how was your colonial sex meaning did you have sex with guys if you're a man or did you have sex with women if you're a woman 
So again, that's part of that um, lack of understanding of, of history, basically, and how people use that to lock people up and kill people up just because of who they love. You know, that's kind of ridiculous. But anyway, if you look at the map of the uh, Homo, Homo erectus, we all came from Homo erectus. Sorry to um, inform you guys. Uh, if you didn't know that, Homo erectus. So we're all homos in a sense. Anyway, Homo erectus, it doesn't necessarily mean that the sexual organ was constantly erect. It just means that it was one of the first species that realized that standing on two is much more economical and better. Not for your back, but for other things and definitely not for giving birth. But anyway, we started coming out of Africa 1.8 million years ago. And if you can see uh, that lines here and all the arrows that are coming out, the first colonizers were Africans. Yes, the Homo erectus is, to our best knowledge now, from Africa. And from Africa, they went all over. They had to pass through Israel. We talked about it. That's why Israel is such a, a land bridge to get to Africa, to get to Europe, to get to Asia, to get to Australia, and eventually through Bering Strait to get to America. Okay, you had to go through Israel. Yeah, what can you do? It's the only place to go through. Even Moses realized that. So 1.8 million years ago is when we started colonizing the planet, not even Africa, and where it came from? From Africa. So, come on. Then there was another um, exodus, another colonization done by the, De the, the Denisovans and Neanderthal. And that we call the um, Denisovan and Neanderthal occupation of everything else. So you can see that uh, the Neanderthal went all the way up to Asia. They went to, of course, Europe, all the way up to Spain. And the Denisovans went all the way to Australia, colonizing Australia. Then we have the Homo sapiens, 300,000 years ago and 60,000 years ago. You can see in the map, they're all going through Israel. And you see 55,000 years ago, reaching Europe in 43,000 years ago, reaching Japan 40,000 years ago, reaching um, Australia 65,000 years ago, all the way down to Melbourne 45,000 years ago. So 45,000 years ago, the Homo sapiens from Africa colonized Australia. So what I'm saying is we're constantly moving. We're constantly moving around. We're all colonized and colonizers. So that article is also uh, unacceptable. You know, and I, I tried to make a list of all the nations that colonized and it just went on and on and on that I started stop it. So it's the Phoenician who kind of started it, if you think about it. Ancient Greece, of course, Spain, England, United States, France, Belgium, Germany, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, Netherlands, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Babylonians, Macedonians, Rome, Inca, Maya, Aztecs, Japan, China, Mongolia, Poland, Lithuania, Russia, Bulgaria, Italy, Assyrian, Persia, Ashanti Empire in, uh, Germ in uh, Africa, ancient uh, Hebrews, of course, they colonized, Mamluk, India, and so forth. So, yes, if you have a problem with colonization, you definitely have to approach all of these uh, countries, their embassies, and send them some letters. If they're already gone, well, you know, die and be born again there and fight against it. I was reading this article by uh, Netan... Ah, I talked about it. Sorry. Um, I think we talked about it after that. So I think we talked about everything. Um, I'm wishing you an amazing week. And I hope to see some of you guys uh, on Thursday um, or on the 30th. I will be coming to London, to Edinburgh, to um, um, Bulgaria, maybe to Berlin this time. If anybody knows good places in Berlin to teach, uh, let me out, let me know. I think that we might I might be there in the Soho House. But if there's any yoga yoga places, you know, let me know. Um, 
I wish you an amazing week. We'll prepare. We'll wait for the new moon. And inshallah, the new moon will be better. Sending you a lot of uh, love. And for those of you who did know that we changed the clocks. Sorry, I should have announced it. But even I, to be honest, wasn't completely aware of it. Thank God. My smartphone is a little bit smarter. Not a little bit. Much more smart than me. Um, thanks a lot. And have an amazing, amazing week.